I remember calculating the amount of minutes that I would have been on TV for Idol. The songs only went for about a minute and a half, didn't they? Yep. Chat with you guys on the chairs, 30 seconds. Tops. So probably all up. It's probably 15 minutes. It was my 15 minutes of fame. And I just remember going, I don't want to just do that. That is actor, singer, and musical theatre superstar, Rob Mills. And this is episode 240 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm glad you're here. This is my show. If you're new, if this is your first episode, hi, welcome. If this is your first ever podcast, hey, welcome to something that's going to change your life. Because podcasts are amazing and there's one that you can listen to about anything that you want to do. Um, but hi, I'm glad you're here. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is my podcast. If you don't know me, I'm a TV host from Australia. Um, Sometimes I break hearts and deliver date cards on a show called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Uh, before that, I broke hearts uh, on a show called Australian Idol, crushing the dreams of hopeful young Australian singers, which has something to do with my guest today. But uh, when I'm not on television, I'm either busy with my family, I'm busy in the kitchen, uh, I'm busy swinging kettlebells, or I'm on my bike. That's about where you're going to find me. Or... I'm busy making this podcast, which I have made every, well, me and Andy and Rachel and Haley and Tohida and the people that help me make this podcast. Uh, we've made this podcast every single Monday for the last 239 Mondays in a row. And, uh, well, you know, this is what we do. And we do it every single week. This podcast is a conversation, a conversation you get to be a part of, a conversation that I've kind of specifically designed to hopefully help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Now, sometimes on this show, you'll hear or you'll see a name that you, you might recognise and go, oh, yeah, I know that, that person. I'll, I might listen to her and you download it. Or sometimes you might not know that name. But whether it's with someone you do know or whether it's someone that you've ne- met, not met before, I guarantee listening to this show, no matter what, you will hear something that you need to hear today. You're going to hear something in what my guest says that you go, ah, right. Now, that is something that I could put in into my routine, I could I could get a bit of that. Uh, that that could change how things work for me. You're going to hear something. You're going to hear something. I guarantee it. Something that makes you go, no, I never thought about it like that. Just something that'll hopefully help make today a little better than yesterday, because that is all that I'm here to do. I'm just here to try to help you make today a little better than yesterday. Big hello to the Facebook group. There's a Facebook group for this show. You can search for it in groups on Facebook, or there's a link in my Instagram bio. We passed 500 members this week. That is a wonderful achievement for all of us. I'm so happy. There's it's some really wonderful and supportive conversations going on in that Facebook group, and I'm just bloody grateful that we're all making it work. A, like I said, there's a link in the Instagram bio if you uh, if you want to find that group or just search groups in groups. Just search, search the Osher Ginsberg podcast in groups and you'll find it. Uh, there's a couple of questions to ask, answer. It helps me kind of, you know, just do a little kind of survey, just get a handle on what kind of episodes you like and stuff like that. It really helps me if you answer those questions. And then, boom, you're in. So, how's your week? How's things with you? Are you doing your writing in the morning? 
Are you doing your writing in the morning? Are you taking out the rubbish? See, that's how I, that's the way I described it to a friend who asked me about it this week. He's he's the kind of guy, and we've all got this person in our lives, this person that we wish we could be in the kitchen. They, they can cook an entire meal for an entire family, and it's like the kitchen bench never got touched by a, you know an offcut. You know, the, <laughs> he'll take out the rubbish twice while he's making dinner. His kitchen looks like no one's ever been in there the whole time because he's constantly cleaning. He's constantly taking out the rubbish. He's constantly maintaining the clean surfaces. And I explained it to him that journaling in the morning is a little like that. It's a little like taking out the rubbish, emptying the brain of all the fears and all the crap that have accumulated over the last 24 hours. He's not the kind of guy to have ever journaled in the morning. But when I told him it was, look, it's just emptying out the bins in your brain, he totally clicked with it. He's doing it every morning, and he says it's really helping. Now, he's not the kind of guy to do that kind of thing, so I'm bloody stoked. I'm bloody stoked. You know, and it's, it's not my idea. It's, it's science, man. Like, it, it really is. There's so much research around journaling in the morning as, as, you know, having positive outcomes on the way your day goes or the way your mental health is. Um, so, yeah, I hope your journaling's going well. I had a big week. I handed in my homework this week, handed in my big assignment. I handed in the final, final edit of my book. Uh, by that point, it's no longer electronic. We're no longer just sending document files back and forth. It was like a full printed out 300 plus pages in his massive big binder, that, all done out, set out by my typesetter, exactly how it's going to look on the page, and me literally going through with a pencil and marking it like I'm marking homework like ticking, approving a proofreader's note here, adding or removing a word there, seeing, oh, right, I put a comma in the wrong spot. Ah, thank you for correcting that. I did it, though. But I did it. I handed it, and I, I put a little video of me handing it to my editor, like, this is me, I'm doing the business, doing what I said I'd do. And someone asked me how I did it. 80,000 words by February, that was my deadline. That was a big task in October when I signed the deal, when I signed the book deal. But you know what? It was such a big task. I didn't start. I didn't start anything until a month later. Again, in that first month, I was hating on myself that I couldn't start. Couldn't start. Not wouldn't, couldn't start. And it was not good. But I got through it. Um, And I thought I'd tell you how I did it. uh, And hopefully in a way that, you know, can help you relate to, uh, you know, any task in your life that's just too gargantuan to even begin. All right, because that's what happens in it. The task, task is so enormous, we become overwhelmed, we get triggered into a freeze response, fight, flight, freeze, we get triggered into a freeze response, and then we don't do anything about it at all. And all that happens is then it gets bigger. So here's the trick. You've got to ask yourself the question. Now, even though I only eat plants, this question still works. You've got to ask yourself the question, how would you eat an elephant? The answer, a bite at a time. So let's take something that you might be trying to do, all right? Something that's so big that you can't even begin, and yet every day you don't begin, it gets bigger and bigger, and then your freeze response gets stronger and stronger, and then it just goes into this big loop, right? Let's say something that all of us, you know, all of us might be trying to do. Let's let's say, let's say lose five kilos, right? But diets, but F45, but kids, but my cousin's birthday in two weeks, oh, there'll be cake, oh, it's too hard, morning tea is happening, oh, fuck it, I'm going to eat a muffin. I'll start tomorrow. So... And this isn't my idea, and I'm not a life coach. I'm just telling you what works for me. Maybe it can work for you, all right? So just, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I don't know any of that shit, all right? I'm just telling you what worked for me. So this is, this is how it was taught to me, and I'm just trying to tell you what was taught to me. 
So we'll just, you just break it down, right? What's your deadline and what does success look like? You've got to have two really important things. So you know when you've done it, all right? So let's say, for example, uh, lose five kilos by the next school holidays. That's yeah, it's all right. It's 10 weeks away. It's pretty achievable. Five kilos in 10 weeks is pretty damn achievable. So firstly, and most importantly, you've got to start with a why, all right? Because if we start with a have to, it's never going to work. I have to lose five kilos is something that we can just swap that away with resentment. I have to, oh, I have to, I have to watch what I'm eating. That, that can become resentful and, you know, it is no match for our old habits, all right? Resentment can just obliterate that in a blink of an eye. So like last, like last week, we were talking about the difference between got to and, and get to. So I have to lose five kilos. If you just kind of reframe that a bit, I get to give myself the gift of having a healthier body. I get to give myself the gift of being able to move about more easily. It could even be, I get to give myself the gift of being happy with any time anyone takes a photo of me and puts it online, all right? Because you might not feel good about the way you're looking, all right? And then, you know what I mean? So you just plug into your why. Plug into your why. Write it down. You've got to remember it for when you're going to need it because you are going to need it. Now, for me... Eating right and exercising every day is something that I get to do because I get to give myself the gift of uh, the moment living life off meds, of giving my brain the best support I can give it so I don't need to go back on meds, which I should point out, I still may indeed need to go back on. That's happened before. It might happen again. I can't say this is the way it's going to be forever. But my why is as simple as getting up every morning, and I do this every morning. I remind myself by writing down in my book, my relationship to food and my relationship to exercise. Because for me, like food is a thing, all right? I've got the drinking out of the way, but there's always another ing, all right? And eating is one of the things that can creep in as a way to escape from emotion, right? So I remind myself every morning, I am the person that embodies a lifestyle I'm proud of. By caring for my body, I care for my mind. I just remember those two lines, all right? Am I perfect? Oh, no. Do I slip up? All the fucking time. And what happens when I do slip up? I just remind myself, this slip up is not permanent. As long as I do what I need to do right now, I'll be okay. Right? I just try and stop, and I just try and do the next right thing. Now, like I said, I don't claim to be a nutritionist or a dietitian or a life coach or a personal trainer or anything. I'm just telling you what worked for me, all right? I'll leave it to you to do your own exploration exploration, and then find out what works for you. But this is what, this is what works for me, all right? Let's say, you know, what we talked about before, five kilos in 10 weeks. You just, you just start to break it down, and the rest is all just maths. So if you started on July 1, 10 weeks is the next school holidays. It's 500 grams a week. That's a really achievable target for a lot of people. So how do we do that? Do we need to plan every single meal every single meal between now and the next school holidays? No, no, we don't. Do we need to plan every single meal for this week? Nope. Do we need to plan every single workout? Nope. We just need to do the next right thing. You don't even have to count calories or anything like that. You already know what food's good for you. You know what serves your why. You know if your level of physical activity is serving your why. So what's the next right thing? For example, when making dinner, the next right thing might not be just free pouring the olive oil into the pan, right? 
Just put a tablespoon between the olive oil and the bottle and the pan, measure it out. See how much goes in there. And then experimenting with how little you can get away with. That'll still affect the flavour, give you that taste, but not affect... That'll make you kind of like then just kind of eat calories that you don't need to be eating. The next right thing could be figuring out where in your day you could walk instead of drive. Where in your day when you're sitting around just kind of zombie scrolling through your phone, instead you could be going for a walk or doing some air squats or (laughs) whatever. You don't need to walk for an hour. You don't need to bloody run 5Ks. If you took three 10-minute walks a day, and I'm talking like go out the front door, walk in one direction for five minutes, turn around and come back, that's half an hour of exercise you've done today. Just always remind yourself of the why. Thinking it through, find out the why and do the next right thing. Plug into that why and that trigger moment and then just do the next right thing. And here's an example of what happened last night. This is absolutely 100% what happened last night. I um, did a book launch. I was grateful enough to be asked to host um, the book launch for Bridie O'Donnell. She's been on the podcast twice, well, three times because it was a double episode, one of them. But yeah, she's been on the podcast twice. Um, She launched her memoir, Life and Death, a memoir about cycling that she's written and about her extraordinary pursuit of sporting glory. It's a fascinating read and um, I highly, highly recommend it, especially if there's uh, young women in your life who are interested in sport. Um, But when I got home from that event, Audrey and Georgia... They were, uh, they were out of the movie, and Audrey very, very kindly left me dinner in the oven. Um, she created something amazing, the falafel waffle, which is as fun to eat as it is to say. I, had some, uh, I made some falafel mix to pop in the air fryer. I just leave it in the freezer, and then, you know, that way it's all done. I'll make heaps of it, and that way it's all done. And then when it's like falafel night, just pull out the air fryer, bang, 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 it's good to go. So I had some extra falafel mix, and I said, you know, what do you reckon we could do with this? And so... Audrey kind of put a bit more besom flour in there, made it into a bit of a batter, and kaboom, in the in the waffle iron, and she made falafel waffle. And it was amazing. It was so amazing. Uh, she made some, you know, some sort of salsary chutney kind of tomato, onion, garlic situation to put on top of it, and it was just bloody delicious. I had two of them. It was more than enough. It was great. There's probably about, I don't know, a cup of chickpeas between them. So perfectly, you know, great meal. Perfect amount of no, nothing to excess. Really, really good, and I felt full and beautiful afterwards. Until I was putting some things away, and I saw in the cupboard I had stashed away for like if I've got to like take a flight or something, and I can't get a, a meal on a plane, or you know, I know I've got an event and the catering hasn't been sorted. I have um, these little kind of Lara bars you get it from the market, like just a gluten-free vegan little bar. It's enough to get me through. And I would just grab it with my hand before I could even think. I grab it with my hand. I've already eaten dinner, mind you. I already feel full. I've got this Lara bar in my hand. I can feel the crinkling of the wrapper under my fingers. I'm already tasting how delicious that kind of banana-y goodness is, that kind of light, fresh, moist kind of cakey taste as I'm putting it in my mouth. I've got the wrapper in my fingers, guys. I've got outward pressure on the wrapper. I'm about to pop it. I'm about to crack this thing open. And I thought about my why in that moment. I, took, I was lucky. I caught myself. thought about my why. Why do I write my book every morning? I'm a person that embodies a lifestyle I'm a proud of, I'm proud of, and by caring for my body, I care for my mind. Having this knowledge, knowing this to be true, is opening this Lara bar the next right thing? No, it isn't. In that moment, 
I was afraid of wanting to pull the wrapper apart, even though it was there in my hands and I could taste it already. The next right thing was to put that bar back in the cupboard, put the kettle on and make a cup of ginger tea. So I took a breath, put the bar back in the cupboard, shut the door, turned around, made a cup of ginger tea. Now, do I need that level of resilience to stop me snacking after dinner for the rest of my life? No. I'm recording this right now. I've, uh, it's a Saturday morning that I'm recording this. I've just worked out. I've just had breakfast. Next meal is lunchtime. Do I need to like hold that resilience against snacks between now and when I'm 100? No, I just need it for the next two hours before lunch, right? That's it. That's all I've got to do. So what's your goal? Can you shift your goal from a have to to a get to? And what's your why? When you're in that moment, stay present, take a breath, focus on the why, what's the next right thing? Let me know how you go. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send us your email at gmail.com is my email address. I did want to thank everybody that bought the book this week. Um, so the link to buy it's in my um, Instagram bio. I'm, uh, and, and thank you so much to everybody that emailed the receipt back to me. Um, if you do email, if you do pre-order the book, you can get it at a discount. If you pre-order it right now, I'll uh, I'll shoot you a little something to say thanks. It's taken me a little while to get through them all, but I'm a man of my word. I'll make it happen. Um, now the deadline's passed. I'll hopefully be able to get those out a little more frequently. But um, thanks for your patience around that. But I'm grateful that I'm able to send the ones out that I can. And thank you so much for putting faith in me and uh, and buying it before you've even held it in your hands. Uh, a big thanks as well to the people that have supported this show on Patreon this week. If this show does bring you value, please consider a value exchange. Um, you could either do something like you know share the episode with a friend or uh, comment on or and rate the show in iTunes. That really really helps uh, on the podcast charts. Or uh, you could simply you know fling a couple of bucks our way to help keep the lights on. I don't make this show alone. Um, Podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. I have a team on the show that makes it with me. Uh, Andy Ma, my audio producer, Rachel Barrett, my show producer, and Amitra Roy, who makes the videos for me. Um, And i got to pay these people, and I pay them out of my own pocket. Um, And the money that you do put into Patreon really, really helps me pay them. Patreon.com slash Osher, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash O-S-H-E-R. Really helps me make this show. A show that I'm very, very happy to bring you, particularly this week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let me tell you about my guest. Rob Mills is an actor, singer, and musical theater superstar from Melbourne, Australia. You can find him on Instagram. He's at Rob Millsy Mills, R-O-B-M-I-S-S-Y. M-I-S-S, Rob Millsy Mills. Rob first rose to prominence in the public eye during the debut season of Australian Idol in 2003. That's where he and I first met. And as you'll hear, he had a roller coaster ride from then to where he is now, one that involves the highest of highs and the very lowest of lows. Now, in this conversation, Rob and I do talk about the subject of suicide. So if you or anyone that you know does need help, please... Please, if you're in Australia, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you're outside Australia, please reach out to a health professional as soon as possible. Rob is the pure story of someone that looked at their life and said, I've got more to offer than this, found his why, and then put, he got into action and he put in the work a day at a time, following that why. The work led him to someone who's now cast in lead roles in massive multi-million dollar musical productions that have a cast and crew of hundreds and a lot riding on his ability to deliver. Rob found his why. Rob put in the work and Rob's life is now the life that he created for himself. Now, we spoke as he is preparing. uh, We were backstage at the Sydney Opera House. You'll hear us talk about it. It's pretty awesome to go back there and interview him where we interviewed him. We spoke as he was preparing for a massive George Michael tribute gig, which is happening at the Sydney Opera House on the 8th of July. Uh, You can get tickets at www.sydneyoperahouse.com slash george-michael. So get the tickets, sydneyoperahouse.com slash george-michael. Some other massive names on there, Andrew DeSilva, Casey Donovan, Rob Mills. Uh, I couldn't be more than happy to have had this chat. Long time coming. Uh, he and I have spoken over the years, but it's always in like the three-minute pressure of a Channel V or a radio interview. We, we never get to dig in and really get stuck into it. And I'm just so happy with the man that Rob is and so happy with the journey he's been on. And I'm just so happy that I get to share this with you. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> so come now backstage, the very, very depths, the bowels, the the, the, the most incredible recording shoot I've been in for a long time right underneath the Sydney Opera House. And let's get one-on-one with Rob Mills. Well, it's great to see you, man. I'm glad we can do this. Yeah, this, mate. Thanks, thanks for having me. What a, no, we just want a freaking amazing way to... Because we've talked over the years on, on mm. radio and television, but it's been for five minutes yeah. at a time. Yeah. So, now it's a chat. So someone, someone mentioned on Twitter this week that you said, oh, you should message Millsy. Uh, is this how this came about? Or is this, like, this is just coincidence? No, no, this came about through... Um, the people who are organising the show that we're the, here to talk about. The George Michael. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, how it, it, yeah, that's yeah. how it came about. Right. Which is really great. Yeah. But it was definitely, you know, your name would definitely come up as, mm-hmm. as being one. I think it's because I had Guy yeah, on yeah. the show the other day. Who I saw last night? Yeah. And everyone was like, man, you got to. Did you go see his live gig? Nah, I've no, seen I've seen it lots. Um, he uh, we we just caught, he he was staying up the road from my theatre show that I'm doing. So we just right. got up and just had a beer and had a oh, good yeah. chat. Yeah, he's an extraordinary man. He's the best. Lovely. He's, hasn't man. changed. Like, oh, I I will say he has, but he has just become if if possible wiser. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, but his essence not hasn't changed. He's still a he's not affected. Love it, not at all. I love that about lovely him. human being. He's a, if anything, I think he's got a little looser. If anything, I think he's he's ready to kind of well, swear and cast and throw call bullshit on people a oh, bit no. more. So we should tell people. Can you describe to people where we are? Because I think this will blow people's minds. I feel like we're inside a computer. <laughs> like this is what the inner workings of a computer looks like. We're uh, inside the opera house. Um, next to a studio where they do live recordings and they mix stuff. Um, Andy De Silva and I just performed a few songs, uh, and now we're in this tiny little booth, which I'm sure they would use for vocals or recording um, instruments. Mm. It's soundproof, and both of us, our tinnitus is going through the roof. Yeah, yeah, it's very clear. There's there's no uh, external noise to mask the tinnitus in in, in my ears. But, yeah, this is essentially, I believe, this is – I've worked in the opera house for – Oh, I started working here with Idol mm, 15 mm. years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. So I've I've done gigs here many, many, many times, and I've spent days and days here rehearsing and, and, and Same. always in the bowels of it. Never have I been in this room. No, Never no. did I even know that this studio existed. And as a studio nerd, I am jizzing in my pants <laughs> at what? Like this is the room when when the Sydney Symphony Orchestra shows up and they're going to, hey, we're going to record a live album and we've got, you know, Benjamin Zander to come and, you know, play it and, mm. you know, Old Mate's going to come and do the violin concerto and it's going to be extraordinary. We're going to get you some Rachmaninoff. <laughs> they might microphone it upstairs, but down here is where they roll tape. Oh, it's where they're mixing. This yeah. blows my mind yeah, that we're in this room. It's pretty incredible. And when you think about the, the, the performances that this room has recorded, oh, yeah. like Dame Joan Sutherland's final out, like all that shit happened, you know, Yehudi Menuhin, all that stuff yeah. would have would have come through this, yeah. The opera yeah. singers as well. And here I am with a little Zoom <laughs> H6 powered by two double eight batteries, <laughs> rolling tape on rod mills. Um, do you remember that night that we were here on um, Idol 2003, <sighs> the big grand final? I do. You guys came out for – there was because it was Guys and Shannon yeah, night, yeah, but yeah. there was a top 12 Oh, we're here. We number. did the um, – there was the Aussie, the Aussie medley. I do believe there was, there was that. I remember yeah. doing an Aussie medley. Did we do Rise Up that night? I can't no, remember. We must have done Rise Up. Holden would have been thrilled. Get Holden, those points. Holden would have just been raking it in, just like <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> uh, I do uh, remember bits of it, but I only think just from YouTube videos. Oh, right. My memory's quite hazy from back in the day. I don't think I was quite a very um, uh, together human at 21. If that makes emotionally, you were twenty-one. Yeah, fucking hell! I was a baby. Wow, and a very young. I think at the time I was like, oh, I'm pretty mature for twenty-one. I'm like managing a band, and we're doing pretty well. And um, but I, emotionally, no, I I think I was very young, so I don't quite remember. But I remember the feeling of being on stage at the opera house. I mean, there was a uh, just the crowd were just bananas. It was it was it was incredible. Like it's still, I think, one of the biggest rating shows of. Australian I think, television yeah, history. I think at the time, I remember being told, I don't know how true it is, but I've written it in my book, so hopefully it'll be oh, true. I think it's up to 4 million viewers. I think something, it was it's some, around that. Yeah, it's, it's around, around that. that it was the highest, <laughs> from what I got told at the time, someone told me, it might have been hyperbole, but it was at the time the highest rating thing on television that wasn't to do with news or sport. Yeah. Like the next biggest thing was Diana's funeral. Wow. Like it was fuck, like one in five people watched it. Or one in, it was huge. It was, it was big. And, you know, I think... Dare I say, created great stars, and I think it I really. Like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I've been incredibly fortunate, but guys, it was amazing. Um, same with Shan, and their careers have just done so well. I just yeah saw Guy last night. He's on tour again, He's releasing yeah. album after album. Yeah, Shan's just has come. I, I he's I saying the guy last night. He's come like full circle. This he's he's a cult hero. 
He is an ironic hero. He is... Um, He's a man, like he's he's Batuta's like go to guy for he's he's now a, a, a cafe. Someone a cafe here in Sydney have made every meal after his name or something. Like he's just, and also he's still just the same bloke from the country. He yeah. just can't believe that this is happening to him. He's just such a ripper. I just I love him. I but, love him so much. But I think the one thing that when you think about that first season of Idol, mm. there was twelve people that opened that first top twelve show. Mm. All right. The people that are still successful are the ones that have worked their asses off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have, and this is one thing that's really prominent when I think about those times, is when you think about the people that were a part of that top 12 that didn't hit Mm. and the people that did, it's like everyone was equally talented. Mm. It was the work that separated everyone. Yeah, yeah. And those those boys have worked really hard. I mean, Pauline's still... Gigging about, she just did the Bodyguard musical. She's a phenomenal voice, isn't she? What? And let's not even talk about Shane Jennick. I mean, holy yeah, I know. moly! I know. Well, top thirteen. Let's go with the top thirteen. Yeah, they, they yeah. made they made the top thirteen just so Shane could be a part of it. Yeah. Co- Courtney Act is what we're talking yeah. about, or Shortney if you catch him after the face, but before the before the wig. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I saw Courtney um, uh, a few months ago. Sorry, show in Melbourne. We always catch up whenever we're in the same city. Yeah, so much love for that for that man for that woman. He, just... He's no, it's him. It's he. He's a man. Yeah, he's absolutely a man. He came on the show. We did like two hours, and just basically totally broke down all kinds of you know pansexuality and mm. bisexuals and trisexuals and trans and you know transgender, transsexual, transvestite. He's, all the he's, different... a gr- he's a great spokesperson for. He truly is for the next generation um, of like drag queens or yeah. gender illusionists, but also for the human spirit. Yeah. He's just a very yeah, lovely yeah. human and had that essence, uh, I'll say again, um, like Guy, back back then when yeah. I first met him, I remember saying to him, you are as good as Ali G is at the moment. And Ali G was the biggest thing, like, like as a character kind of thing. But yeah. I said, Courtney is just so good. Like, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. And, yeah, and kudos. She to, just uh, she, she just won Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. In the UK. I Because I, I, hadn't, I hadn't watched it, and I don't do a lot of the social media stuff so much. Um, I said, what do you, you know, what's been happening? Oh, I just won Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, sure. I, I have a million Instagram <laughs> followers. Yeah. And I'm moving to London. I was like, I'm moving to London. Great. <laughs> I said, if, you've got a, if you're a big celebrity, I'm going to live in your big mansion. Great. That's awesome. I've got somewhere to stay. So, man, you're 21 years old and, yeah. you know, there's only a few people that can talk about this. There's less than, you know, when I think about it, there's, I don't know, there's less than 100 people that know what it is to be the most famous person in the country one week and then, oh, yeah. sorry, buddy, the next. <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, 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 but it's yeah. it's important, you know, and this is at a time, I think we're very, very early years um, Early, early on was when we started getting the psychologists around for help and support. Oh, we didn't get them. <laughs> right. It might have been after that. Yeah, yeah. What was it like? What do you remember about the week after when it was, you know, or th- that Wednesday, you know, after I can't remember if it was me or Jim that stuck the knife in. <laughs> I think it was Jim. Then the bottom three, <laughs> right. Which I used to love just before we got the rehearsals that we had to do for it because everyone had to rehearse every week. If you got kicked off the show. You lose a song. You had and to rehearse, you lose no, a song. Yeah. No, it was the rehearsal of, and this week, it's you, Rob. Like, And then Shannon, guy, everyone would just, we would just laugh in the rehearsal. <laughs> like, ah, suck it. Like, <laughs> it, used to, it always brings so much joy to me. Uh, 
But we never obviously did it on the day. The boys were very, very upset. Everyone was very upset when I kicked off the show. Um, I remember soon after I went up to the Indy and I had a panic attack. Um, I'd been, I went up there with Levi, who was also in the top six, and he uh, was showing me around the Gold Coast after Indy. Channel 10 looked after me. It had been on the drink all day. I was having a great time. And then I realized it was late at night. Everyone was on the drink, and it was I was being consumed on the street. Kavalev, I'd never been to the Gold Coast. I'd never been on a plane before I went to Sydney for the top 100. So I was super overwhelmed. This is before camera phones. I think people just had normal phones or, um, and just cameras. And they were just grabbing. I was getting grabbed and just pulled every. And I had a full panic attack. And I just I ran. I ran off and I just jumped in someone's car. They're like, can I help you? I was like, can you just drive me somewhere, please? I just, I'm having a panic attack. And they drove me back to my hotel. And I got up to the room and the... Uh, door to my balcony was open. I was staying on like the 30th floor or something at this big hotel and I ran to the door and looked out the balcony and had that moment of, oh, you could this you could just do this if you wanted to. If this is it. If this is this is the life you want to live. And I had that split second and then I shut the door and said, you're an idiot. It was the worst feeling I've ever had. Like, But to know that you could do that. You could jump if you want. Yeah. It was horrible, 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 horrible feeling. Horrible feeling to feel like you were just a piece of something or your people were not treating you as if you were a human being. They were just, you were their property or just a piece of something, yeah. Uh, I was I was horrified. Um, looking back now, I still, yeah, you can see my body um, yeah. like cringing. But, uh, yeah, I've learned that... Um, that's not what I wanted to do with my life. Did you ever? <laughs> shit, man, I'm so, I had no idea that happened to you. Yeah. It was, Have you talked about that before? Yeah, yeah. I've, I talked to. I'm in an um, ambassador for Are You Okay Day um, now. When they asked me a few years back, I was like, absolutely, 100. Like, this is like, people do need to ask, Are you okay? And um, reply with, you know, thanks for asking. Go on, go on a chat about this stuff. I'm a massive advocate for people getting help, whether it's a psychologist or a kinesiologist or even if it's a physio that you can talk to or a music teacher or mm. your, your drama teacher, whoever it is, just a friend. But, yeah, I, I haven't not, not since um, criticism and mm. whatnot and the world doesn't really get to me too much, man. Right. Yeah. But honestly, I had no idea that because you were like just that for you. As I said, I've never I'm been. So a, sorry. No, that's all right. I, as I said, from never being on a plane before to just a kid who just sings in a pub band yeah. three nights a week, um, doesn't have family in the entertainment industry. Who, um, yeah, and I, I was used to gigs, but no one would ever grab you or just it was, it was all oh, yeah, it was all encompassing yeah. and all suffocating. Yeah, I, I remember the, the similar experiences. People would. Um, on the street with you People guys. would grab my hair. Yeah. Because I was sure it was a wig. <laughs> they would gr- run up to me and grab my hair. Like, ow, what the fuck? It's fucking real, cunt. <laughs> yeah. You know, just shouting back at their mates that dared them to run over, you know? Thank you. I'm a person. I'm a real, I'm a real person. Hi, Felix. Yeah. Yeah. But I had no, I was terrified at the time. I, I had a great solution to this. Hide in your house and never come out. Oh, yeah, reclusiveness. That's Did a good about, one, isn't it? about three years of that. Yeah. How did yeah. that work out? Drinking heavily the whole time just to, to you know, suppress, <laughs> suppress those emotions. Those guard myself to getting out the door. Yeah. Didn't work out so well. Lucky I made it out. Yeah. Um, but, what, good. but what you mentioned, though, is, you know, if, uh, you know and don't, I'll put, a, I'll put a, a warning at the top of this. Mm. Um, you were able to see this isn't what I want and yeah. you stepped back. Who is it? 
you had the grace of whatever it was who was, you know, got that space between you and the action yeah. to step back. But for many people, it's in those moments, in those decisions made, in those situations where your brain is firing on fear and danger yeah, and all you're rational. trying to do is keep yourself safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's those decisions, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that about people who die by suicide. Yeah. That it's, they don't understand that. This was the best answer I had at the time. Yeah. Oops. I can't undo it. You can't undo it. That's why I say, don't do that. (laughs) Please please don't do that. Uh, Because your life means a lot to someone. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. No doubt. Many people. Far out, man. So... That's that's hefty, but look, it was a couple of years for both of us at the time where stuff like that was just all the time. Do you look? Hey, here's this red carpet. Here's this velvet rope. Here's a bar tab. Yeah, have at you. Go for it. No wonder we don't remember what was going on. Yeah, mate, I, I I vague. I have very vague memories of that time. Basically, mm. uh, I and mean, as I said, I I didn't really party that much when I was growing up too much. So. After Idol, I was like, I can, so I don't have to work for a bit. <laughs> so I can just, just party. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I've every, so, you know, the, your, your drinking, your party is uh, 18 to 21 and I worked every night. So I never had those years. I had Sunday nights and I'd have a few drinks and, but yeah, I was always the guy with the gear in the car who would have to drive home after the gig. So yeah, I was off the leash. Right, right. And like, oh, he's a bad boy. I was like, not a bad boy. I'm a bit of a nerd. <laughs> I'm a full nerd, but sure. I'll run with it. It was, it was weird for a bit there uh, to be branded a certain rapscallion or a a cheeky guy. or And I sort of ran with it not knowing who I was and obviously not doing any work on myself um, emotionally. No emotional intelligence at all back then. Um, so I was like, oh, that's who I must be. This is what I've been labelled, so I'll just be that guy. I could be that guy. I'll be the party guy. And it's party. really satisfying. You turn up, they go, oh, just who I thought you were, right this way. There's a room in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then it wasn't until you know, a few years later and self-discovery and you're like, oh, I, I'm actually not that guy. Uh, I'm, but you gave it a, a, a bloody good nudge. You gave it a nudge. You gave it a nudge. And you also followed the, the, the path that was pretty clear for people who came out of Idol. The music industry is a very different place now. But mm. at the time, you you got the record deal. You put the single out. You mm. went to top 10. You went on tour. Yeah. You know, it was all it was all kind of there. Mm. Was Did it feel, yes, this is everything I wanted? Or was nah, it? never. Never once. I remember getting offered the job to host video hits. And that was the job that I wanted. But I felt like it was, I'd just been signed to the record label. And at the time I was like, oh, this is going to be silly. I've got to be doing music. And I think a part of me was like, yeah, you should be doing music. Because I like to sing, I like to entertain. I think it came back down to now I like to entertain. It's not, it's give me in any form. And I remember at the time going, I don't want to go coming up next, Rob Mills in his new single. Yeah, that's me, guys. On um, video hits. So I said, you know who would be great for the job is Axel, Axel Whitehead. So I spoke to the head of Channel 10 and he was like, oh, good. Yeah. So got Axel the job <laughs> and then he blew it a few years later. But he was on there for a while, but he blew it. But looking back, like that's what I wanted to do. I loved, like, I remember how many times I would sit with you guys and just watch you guys 
how do you do the thing that you guys do? Right. Because I'd watch Channel V, and I think I always had an appreciation of music, and I love the industry, but I loved every aspect of it. I sat up in that um, the director's booth with Potsy, like so many times, like just how do you do? How do you do this? What camera? Why are you going to this camera? Why? Why? You know. He's amazing. This is our this is our director that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pots. Yeah, Potsy or yeah, P O T T. Yeah, loves has as a completist for Frank Zappa. Carries with him at all times every single recording that Frank Zappa has ever done, bootlegs <laughs> included, on a hard drive, and can and encyclopedic knowledge of Frank Zappa's extraordinary band I didn't members. Know this, this is crap. Oh yeah, him and I would just talk Zappa for yeah. ages. But directing a live television show. Mm. that is watched by 2.5 million people every Sunday night with 10 cameras. Yeah. All right, trying to cover everything and give people at home the vibe of what's happening in the studio. It's a little like standing over a pool of sharks juggling two chainsaws and a baby. Yeah. Yeah. All right? You're trying to make sure the baby (laughs) stays alive. Yeah. But any wrong move and everything's over. Correct. Correct. (laughs) But And he's got this awesome in a metronome as well. So he knows music so well, and he's got a, such a love and passion for music. Yeah. So he would always cut with the beat and yeah. would be ahead of it, and just like ah, oh, it, it's like it's like watching um, a, an editor edit on the fly. Yeah. Like and an incredible team effort too, because Madeline has directed oh, the assistant. Right, yeah. um, they work in such an extraordinary yeah. pair together, the two of them. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah been, and you know, spending time up in that booth when other people. Hanging out backstage, texting who they're going to see later on for the show. Yeah. You know, but the fact that you're interested in the inner workings of it, I personally feel, Rob, that's got that's got to do with your longevity because you have always been interested in how it works. Yeah. You've always been interested. Why? Why does it? Why do we do this? Why is the camera why rehearsal? I, why have I been chosen? Why? Why do I do the? <laughs> oh, I know why. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, why, why, why do we have to do another camera rehearsal? Okay, how come? What's a wide shot? Why, 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 why? Yeah. Because then 10 years later, when you, you know, when it comes for another camera rehearsal, you know exactly why they're doing that. Now, I'll never fucking forget on the final year of, of Idol, mm. Liza Minnelli showed up. Sure. All right, let me just pick up the name. I just yeah. <laughs> okay. Liza Minnelli showed up, the final year of Idol, 2009. The camera rehearsal we do in the afternoon to make sure that all the cameras are there and we know her performance, we know that we're going to give her the best thing. And she did cabaret. She did the big, well, she did the is. fucking number. Yeah. All right. Life is going Her, she toured with the choreographer. The camera rehearsal looked like she's just kind of making it up as she went along. Mm. We like AB screened the camera rehearsal and what she did live. All right. It was to the centimeter step perfect. To the fucking centimeter. She was 73 when she did it. I'm like, and that, that is a woman who worked with Bob Fosse. That's a woman who, you know, knows the value of giving the directors and giving the cameras, this is exactly what I'm going to do yeah. and I'm going to turn like this and I'm going to make the face. And when I make the face, you're going to be on a tight shot and that's going to be good for everyone. And she did it fucking like a machine. Yeah. Like it was extraordinary to watch. And I watched her and I'm like, if Liza Minnelli can show up and do the same number three times exactly in a camera rehearsal, wait four hours in a green room and then do it again live, then you, young man, who've just been, you know, whoever the fuck had shown up, yeah. you know, to plug their single that week, you can come out and do one rehearsal, pal. Come on. Yeah, you can come out and do... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can do it, mate. You can do if it. If Liza's doing it, you can do it. But that's, that's a, she's a pro. She's but, a pro. That's a part, but that's a part of why I feel that you've had longevity because you, mm. you not only deliver when you're on stage, but you're also very interested in how it works and the business of how it works. Yeah, yeah. But that also comes from cover bands. Yeah, maybe. Im- the, Im- the imitation or the or learning... 
how it works for those guys maybe as well. But also the economics of it all. Well, the, the stuff's got to get there. Yeah. The band's got to get fed. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're managing the bands and chatting to the chatting to all the venues and getting it all done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you have an appreciation of, all oh, right, everybody is working Everyone. here. I think I think the one thing I love most about uh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a play at the moment and I'm going to jump around a bit but I'm doing a play at the moment and we're in an, an ensemble piece and I love it the most because I think it's how I see the world everyone's equal whether you're the stage manager whether you're the um, there's no leads in this play it's just an ensemble piece right so you're stage manager backstage you're stage manager or you're lighting or you're the sound like we're all the same and that's just how I like to treat everyone in life as well we're all the same like. Uh, in the in the theatre or even on like TV show, you can't do your job if there's no camera guy shooting you. I can't do my job if there's no stage that's being built or this like we're all we're all in it together. There is no hierarchy. That's how I like to see the world. I think uh, that's how I go into every job or every um, every meeting or every uh, group of friends that I meet or every stranger. Everyone's got a story and everyone's exactly equal. That's it. Was it always like that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's my parents never taught us to. We never big noted ourselves. I think maybe having two older brothers um, helped just keep me grounded, or like just pegged in, or just like kicked in the ribs kind of thing. <laughs> you know those little punches in the ribs. I do. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Um, it's kind of an Aussie thing as well, isn't it? Not getting too ahead of yourself. But yeah, we don't. My dad's not very alpha. He's not like an alpha alpha male type. My mum's quite uh, extroverted. Uh, as I'd a, use the word boisterous to describe your mother. Yeah, yeah, boisterous, but also cheeky, lovely. But also on the flip side, uh, quite terrified and insecure, and all sorts of stuff like most performers. But yeah, so we've never been. Yeah, I think I was just raised to be level-headed. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a lucky thing to have when you're coming into an industry that is <laughs> completely about celebrity or about putting people up on pedestals. And designed to absorb, oh, no, that's just the eccentricity of a star. Allow them to not look you in the or, eye. Or like, yeah, oh, oh, no, she doesn't like that or he, he doesn't like that. Um, like, who who told you that I don't don't like that? You could just ask me. Yeah, right. I have recently just got rid of management and uh, not that they were – bad or anything. I'm just sick of paying people money. Uh, but I realized if, if they need something, they just, just ask me. Just You can just call me. Yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to know what I want. Yeah. I don't need to hide behind a management or... you. So we talked a bit about you know you you having the big single, you made the music video. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's the dream is true, but you said it wasn't the dream. Yeah. Yet then it was a little bit after that that you had your first kind of Stepping on stage in the musical world, it was yeah. a big arena kind of uh, casting, you know, superstars. Uh, yeah, you know, Fancy, Fancy. What did you learn? You know, I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't your first musical theatre experience, but no, I'm I'd, I'd, been, I'd been to see some shows in the past. Like, Mum and Dad took me to Phantom, I think, when I was a kid. Anthony Warlock? Yeah, I reckon it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, must have been. Yeah, I saw that one. I don't think it was Michael Crawford. No, it would have been more like definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Waller, yeah. But this was like I'd finally met like-minded people because um, I realised, oh, I'm probably not going to be a band guy, but that's okay. I just didn't quite know where I fit. And then I met all these musical theatre guys and I went, wait a minute. You guys you guys like to really party hard. <laughs> I've got that down pat. But they also, but they, what they had was this work hard ethic that I had never seen. Dancers and musical theatre performers they, they, their craft is incredible. 
the, the the amount of effort they put into all this the the courses the whopper the nighters the the bappers the whatever course you the VCAs like you learn so 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 much and have to work so hard to just be seen and these guys work harder than anyone else and then when you prepare. get the gig eight shows a week eight shows a week yeah. And that's, it's not just I'm showing up to sing my one song and no, leaving. No. It is like you are on for three straight hours, Four six hours. on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's, it's, re- it's, it's the most hardworking industry. Um, and I just really wanted to be a part of it. Not because I wanted to be part of the, the shows so much. That, I mean, I think I've discovered that I don't love musical theater. I love really good art. And I think musical theater has some of the best storytelling possible if you can tell a story through like if you can't say the words that you want to convey to someone anymore what do you do you sing them like you can't find the words you you sing that emotion and then when you can no longer get through to that person by singing to them you stop you say it again you just, and then if that doesn't work maybe there's a dance that you can do to to, to really get the message across so i think it's the most powerful form of um, storytelling i don't think they always get it right i'm bored a lot of the time in musicals when i go see them I love going to watch them because my friends are in them, but there's some that just really get it right. And I think that's what I fell in love with a show called Wicked, um, which I saw in London, which is incredible. Um, which is a book written about the uh, the American government during the um, Gulf War. Like it's about the Bush administration, really, at its core. Um, the way to bring folks together is to give them a really good enemy. They keep that line in the. Um, um, uh, in the in the um, sorry in the in the musical, but the the music is brilliant. Stephen Schwartz wrote this incredible score. Um, it's super empowering for 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 young women. I fell in love with this show um, through listening to the soundtrack, and then when seeing it, seeing it live, Adam Garcia was in it. Helen Dunlimore, two Aussies over in the West End, Adina Menzel, or as John Travolta calls her, Adele Dazim, <laughs> which is great. Um, and I- this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I remember just going, I have to be in this show. Whatever it takes. When it comes to Australia, I will take acting lessons, singing lessons, dance lessons. And I did, I did that for nine months to 12 months. And I Before just, that even announced the show. Yeah. Before that even had said there's going to be an Australian production. Yeah. You're like, I just want to be ready. Yeah. With that goal in mind. Yeah. And I did positive affirmation stuff that I've never done before. I wrote down before every audition why I deserve to be in this part, why, um, yeah, what the show meant to me and why I deserve to be in it. 
And then every time I just kept getting through. Four auditions over like four months to with an American casting agent, uh, American producers. So it was just basically doing a Broadway audition. It was pretty amazing. And I remember I got the job on the 2nd of February 2008. I just got the keys to a, my first ever apartment in Melbourne. And my manager came over with a bottle of champagne. She said, congratulations, you've... you've um, Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations on the house, and you booked Wicked. It was like just broke down tears, cried, cried for hours, but you can't tell anyone for like a few months until they make the announcement. <laughs> like, no, had everyone come over that night? <laughs> Couldn't tell anyone. But that show, getting back to it, I've said this in a few interviews. And I, I just think it's without Wicked, there is no Frozen. Without Frozen, there is no, there are no young girls growing up realizing they don't need a prince to save the day. It's like it's really, really powerful message that it's super, super feminist, super equality, super uh, empowering for all for all people to see this. That this girl doesn't need the prince to save the day. She realizes that's a be- it's the love of the best friend. That she can defy gravity, even though she's different. It's fine. Like, yeah, it's 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 what's inside her that counts. I just think it's such a great piece of theater, a great piece of art that was created, and I got to be a part of it. The very first cast in Australia. Pretty lucky. You know what's amazing, Rob? That's the second time someone's told me they did that. What? Got to be part of Wicked? I, no. <laughs> I heard the show. It was like, I don't care what happens. Mm. I will do everything I can, even though the show's never been announced. Mm. But there's not even a whiff of an Australian production. Mm. I'll do everything I can to make sure that the moment the audition shows up, I will be as ready as I can be. Was it Lucy Drake? It was Lucy Drake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have done the show. I remember being at the last audition. Lucy turns up and she's in full Glenda garb. She's like, she's so committed to the role. Like, she's getting it. She's, I've never met her before. I didn't know anyone in theatre back then. Uh, and I'm so glad she got the role. She's so perfect. And she, man, that girl works. She's a great writer. She's super, super lovely. She's the, is she the nicest person you've ever met in your life? She's extraordinary. The nice. Extraordinary. She's the nicest. Yeah. You have to get like three or four wines into her before you're like, oh, man, there's, there's a little bit of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> there's, what? there's a little tip for that, flag at home. <laughs> what kept you going? Even though before, like, to show up at an acting class, to show up at a singing class as, hey, aren't you that guy yeah. with the thing who did the thing with the girl? Isn't that you? Yeah. Like, you, you must have, that would have been some humility coming, but how did you get through that confrontation? Did a, oh, I did private lessons, <laughs> but, I, but I also did a few group stuff as well. I just got through it by, oh, people are always going to have a an idea of who you are, your a p- perception. I think that's what, I remember calculating the amount of minutes that I would have been on TV for Idol, and it was about 15. If you count up, like, the songs that, which, you know, the songs only went for about a minute and a half, didn't they? Yep. Plus, like, chat with you guys at the on the on the chairs, 30 seconds. Tops. 20, 20 seconds. Um, so probably all up. It was probably 15 minutes. So it was my 15 minutes of fame. And I just remember going, I don't want to just do that. That's not enough. And also, I didn't know who I was back then. It just took a, a while for me to realise what it was that I wanted. I remember I was, lab- was labouring uh, with some mates afterwards. Uh, this is years later, probably 2000. And I think I'd already done the Greece Arena tour. And I wasn't doing gigs. I was just labouring with some mates. And they're shooting nail guns at me. 
and making me do all the crappy cleanup jobs. And, and I went, I've got, I've got more to offer. I remember listening to music and singing and um, just, yeah, thinking to myself, I've definitely got more to offer the world. I just don't know what it is yet. So that was that trip. I took, took went to the, went to went to Europe and the World Cup in Germany and saw some cool stuff. Met some good people. I was like, oh, that's good. People have sort of liked me for me. So you, of, you ended up on a work site on a building site mm-hmm. doing hard hard eight hours. Oh mate, like we were, I was up at five. Yeah, we had to drive to Flinders, miles away. I did. I've done plumbing, um, plastering, landscaping, carpentry. Uh, paving, concreting, um, I've, I've pretty much done them all. <laughs> I've mowed lawns for a while. But you're there and you're, you're standing in the sun or the freezing cold or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Here's a guy who's like been on telly, been top 10. Yeah. You know, toured the country. Everyone knows exactly who he is. They have an idea exactly, a preconception of who he is when he walks in the room. Yeah. And you're lifting shit off the back of a ute. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. It's good, honest work. Makes yeah. you feel good at the end of the day. You're like, fuck, I've worked today. Exactly. There's money in my hand. I fucking earned that. Yeah, exactly. Got to do something. You, you had a moment. Yeah, just like, oh, I've got to, there's something more for me. I just didn't know what it was. We all go through that, I think. We all go through it. I think some people get to it um, a lot earlier. The one thing I've discovered uh, through acting, I don't know, have you done any acting workshop stuff, any theatre sports? Through... Oh, theatre sports, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. That's how I started. Yeah. So with theatre sports, even you get a sense of your body, so you start feeling more comfortable in who you are, even just as a human, even as just because you know, oh, this is what my body does, and I know how to make it look silly or how to be a tree or how to be anything. But through acting as well, you learn how to be empathetic. You learn how to how to feel, how to feel, I think, emotions. I've ordered a lot of classes. Larry Moss is someone I've been to a few of his classes just to watch. He's a fantastic facilitator. But I think that's helped me work out who it is that I am as a, as a person. Um, there's no, especially on camera, you can't lie. You can't lie when the camera's, like your face doesn't lie. So you have to kind of work out who it is that you, that you are. And I think acting is really helpful for that, helpful for your confidence. Um, as I said, yeah, theatre sports does that as well. So I was saying to my brother the other day, I think the kids are doing dancing, but I would... I would get into acting as early as possible, not because they want to be actors or it's a horrible life, but to find out, to get a true sense of who you are, I think it really helps. I think drama is very helpful to, yeah, to, for a better understanding of feelings and thoughts. And I don't know why we don't promote that more in this country. Because you're saying that, I mean, because I had uh, Ditch Davey on the show the other day mm. and he was talking about in order to accurately portray emotional reactions authentically on camera or on stage, you have to investigate your own authentic emotions and yeah. go, where does that come from? Why is that there? Why, oh. why do I feel that way? And but if you never do that, you go through your entire life with these kind of pre-programmed reactions that have been a part of your psyche and your being since maybe you were four, five yeah, yeah, yeah. years old. You're yeah. like, I never knew why I did that. Yeah. And it's this thing that you've always done. It's become a thing related to, to, to who you are. It's, if you're not ready for it, it can be some confronting shit. Yeah. But if you can start <laughs> learning those techniques when you're young, why do I feel this way? Do I actually want to do this subject? Like what if it was to do with is it a course that I want to do for the rest of my life? You, you're forced as a kid to make these great decisions about what you want to do for the rest of your life. When you were 17, 
this is when you choose your subjects for your year 11 and year 12. If you have no idea of sense of self at that age, which no one does, nor do we teach how to get to that point at 17, how are you meant to know what, what you want to do for the rest of your life if mm. you've got no sense of self? Yeah. I, it, it, that just blows, that boggles my mind. Like, it, it absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, Why yeah. we, so you, we can do maths. I can, okay, okay, so I can do maths as a class, which I'm never going to use ever, but but I can't learn how to be a better human. I don't see why that's not being taught. I don't see. Uh, anyway, that's my. I've got. I've got big grasp of the education system. Oh, mate, my my, uh, my stepdaughter's fourteen and a half now, and uh, what? Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, yes, it's hard, but this is why you know you need to, you're teaching your brain to learn and solve problems in a different way. But yeah. they don't tell you that. They just say it's on the test. So understand that by all these numbers, it's. it's it's full on. I've fucked maths completely. This, but, I have no idea why. Yeah, that's well, I, I was awesome at maths, but like, I don't, never used it, never needed it. But why? Why? Yeah, you know, I, I just have a the, the whole system needs to change. But why? What, yeah, why do we teach? Why are we not teaching kids how to just learn more about what they actually want or how, what they actually feel, what in, and use that in everyday situations? Yeah, Todd but, Sampson was on the show the other day. He was like, oh. The body hack. Emotional, emotional regulation. Teaching kids emotional regulation should be number one. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, you're feeling like you're getting angry. You're feeling like you're getting nervous. Here's how you can calm yourself down before you do or say something that will aggravate the situation. Yeah. Or make a permanent change to how things could be. Or for the rest of your life. Yeah, or yeah, this yeah. is how you... Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I got taught how to do that, my life would have been quite different. <laughs> you know, you know who does it, You know who does. You know who does that really well is uh, Reach, the Reach Foundation, yeah. which Jim Stein started a few years back with uh, Paul Curry, and that's for kids from all walks of life. Go into a Reach Center and just, hey, I just want to learn how to be a better human. I want to learn how to empower myself and empower others around me. Sure, let's do it. I don't see why that's not implemented in every school. Right, but when you did. Let's just talk about Wicked again, yeah, like being on stage with Wicked every freaking night. In the Jodhpurs? Oh, yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> They're very high-waisted, you cream really, Jodhpurs. You only get one chance in life to, to do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You're going to take it. Yeah, you yeah know, absolutely. You worked every day. I went for, down to the Ozdust ballroom every day. <laughs> you worked very, very hard to, to, to be in that role, and damn straight you're going to roll those Jodhpurs, and they're going to be amazing. Absolutely. What do you learn? What do you learn doing that volume of work? Discipline. What, yeah. You learn a discipline in musical theatre. This is the thing I probably never had. Was, And what you gain from learning that discipline is respect. And the respect of your peers above all this, I think, is is the best thing you can ever have, is the people that you respect. And getting their respect is is the best thing. So I learned the discipline that I never had in the past because I just turn up and do the kick. So I remember, I remember even on Idol... Um, I think once I wrote down a little positive affirmation, and that was to get me into the top 10. I don't know why I didn't just do that every week. I just should have just continued doing that, but I didn't. I just slacked off, and I was like, guy's going to win this. <laughs> I've, I've got no chance. He's climbing every mountain. Yeah, he's climbing every mountain. It's all over. Climb every mountain. Yeah. Um, You're doing a very good guy, Sebastian. Oh, I've, I'm a good mimicker. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really good. By my side. Um... <laughs> Oh, that's so good. But yeah, uh, yeah. What is so for for people that don't you know have a concept? What does having 
not everyone's going to be a musical theatre listening to this. In fact, I'm going to say nearly everyone listening to this is never going to stand on stage or be in a musical theatre show. Yeah. But what does bringing discipline into your life give you? Um, it it affects you know, the rest of your life, like everything outside of the stage, um, how you treat your body, how you like discipline in your you, – you can't get on stage hungover. You just – you can't – you. There are too many people that are relying on you to be where you need to be and do the same thing that you had, that you did the night before. Don't be a dick. Just do your job. Tell the story. And also, the story's not about you. The story as a whole, like, it's not about you. Nothing's about you. You can do your bit, but never telegraph the, the whole story. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think the discipline just taught me how to be uh, just better at life. Uh, and as I said, gain respect of my peers. And I learned that I still like to party, but just party when you can. Don't party just for the sake of partying. Make it make it for a reason, like something that you're celebrating, whether it's a, an achievement or, dare I say, a birthday. Not mine. I don't celebrate birthdays because they don't mean anything to me. <laughs> but, yeah, find the times where you can party or if you if that's what you need to do if you need to let off some steam yeah i think that's the, the thing i learned how does it, how does like and vocal and vocal strength learning learning how to stand and how to um sing better like mate I, from doing musicals and singing lessons i always look back at the idol stuff i go how did i get that far like singing's not great so i've learned heaps about technique and yeah, yeah. How to actually stand and how to sing better but what about not on stage what, what how did discipline come into your life when you're not you know, getting ready for a show or coming to a, a thing like the George Michael gig, which we'll talk about in a second. How do you, how does discipline come into your life? Oh, like everyone that? was out last night. I got caught up with Guy last night um, and I was I was driving. So I just had a couple of drinks and then got home, caught up with some other friends in the city. They were like drinking heavily. I just had a, had a water and then I went to bed because I knew I had an early flight the next day. You just say no. You learn how to say no. I think that's, that's part of it. Is it because you you're talking about the respect of your peers? You 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 that's something that you want more than what, what you used to want. If I turn, right, let's, if I turn up hungover today, would you go on? Hasn't changed, or would you? Or or would you have gone? Oh, that's a shame. Like, can I ask you that? Like, um, well, considering my own struggles with alcohol, I would probably probably have a word to you after. Yeah, and go, are you okay? okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't want to ever put myself in those situations. Yeah. Because you lose respect, and that's hard to get back. Respect is – so on Idol, I was known as that cheeky guy, and then the guy who was sleeping with that girl for a few weeks, which is still random and still weird that people go, did you – okay, what, why, why am I lying about this? I don't want to talk about it. You're bringing it up. Anyway. So I, I think the part of me wanted to prove that that's not just that's not who I was or who I am, and I think I've successfully done that um, over the last what fifteen years. You don't accidentally get the lead in Ghost. You don't just no. wander in, no. and they give you the part to one of the. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Mm. Most financially successful shows about to run in, you know, or, mm. you know, th- mm. this is a big, big Oscar, Oscar winning screenplay. 
big, big business decision mm. who they put in the lead. Yeah. They don't just give it to a guy because he was in a photo with someone once. Yeah. They give it to the person who's going to put the asses on the seats. They give it to the person that's going to deliver every fucking night, sometimes twice. Mm. You know, <laughs> that's the thing, you yeah. know, and you, d- yeah, you don't accidentally get a job like that. No. <laughs> I think people go, so how'd you get that job? I, I audition, like everyone else. Yeah. Sometimes it's one audition, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's five. Yeah. Just depends on the... Depends what do you like when you don't get the auditions? Tell me about the, the, the other one. That, the, the Hairspray Geek. Uh, Hairspray, I wanted that Corny Collins role. Uh, um, I remember just... No, the one you were telling me about before with the boombox. Oh, there's Xanadu. My mate Sammy got that and he was, he was amazing in it. Um, I just went, sure. I wasn't great. I, I was, maybe I didn't prepare enough for the audition. Maybe I'm not right for it. Maybe I'm not the right height. Maybe I'm not the right... Like, there are so many factors. And having now good relationships with um, producers and casting directors and having those conversations, it could be something as simple for, the, for all those listening, uh, for all those listening uh, that are wannabe actors, it could be as simple as your hair colour. Like, even though you can change your hair colour, they would just be like, oh, I like the, I like the brunette better. Sorry. Like, that's as simple as it is. Oh, that girl's two centimetres taller and she's going to be better fit for the lead actor. So, yeah, even though they're both equally as good. It can be down to something as simple as shoe size. I swear to God, like, it's, it's that simple. How do you reconcile that in yourself after all the work you put in to try and get the job? Uh, it's not meant to be. There's a great, great video. I was talking to my friend about this. Um, Brian Cranston's uh, talks about his audition for. Um, 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 why's my brain going? Breaking Bad or Breaking Bad? Breaking, Breaking Bad. Sorry, Breaking right, Bad. He hit, he's had two He's had two hits, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad. And he said, I just prepare what I can prepare for the character. And then I go in there and I do the bit that I've prepared. I've tried to work out what I think is on the page. And I've interpreted that, and I just give it to the director. The director gives me some notes. I change it, change it up to give what the director does. And then I walk out the room and I leave it there. That's it. That's all I can do. There's no point in worrying about it because nine times out of ten, it is not about whether my performance. I'm. I know I've prepared. You prepare for for anything. Just be happy that you've put the effort in. It's not. Yeah. About, it's not a, like Miley Cyrus said, mate. It's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's about you doing the work. How much prepara- How much preparation? How much effort do you put into preparation now? Heaps, 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 heaps. Whether it's getting fit for a role or whether it's like for Jesus Christ Superstar last year, I took. I, I got a new singing teacher to help me with just different technique. Like, it's such like, a big... Garden of Gethsemane is not an easy song to sing. No. Ted Neely set the... He goes, you really, really? I'm Ted Neely. Here's this note. Yeah. There you go. Why should I die? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Here I go. And in the film... Here's my favourite Jesus, by the way. Yeah. In the film, when you see him do it, uh, the director took an, a, a shot above from him and you see him lining up for it and it's just like this picture perfect. That is how you brace for a note. That for is how you rock. get... Like, when you when you watch like someone on Instagram doing a deadlift and they talk about, you know... <laughs> technique. Well, they talk about technique. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I've engaged my quads and my core's in the right spot so I don't fucking blow yeah. my lumbar out. This <laughs> is like, you see the shot of Ted Neely. You see every single muscle in his throat, his chest, his lats, everything's ready to go. And then he just fills the space with that fucking gigantic... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an A. It's fucking stupid how it's big stupid. it is. And it's right up there and you go, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. 
yeah, he's I, I couldn't do it. Like, he did, like that's 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 that awesome seventies full rock belt. I haven't got that. <laughs> I've got a false set. But you said you saw oh, this song. This is the song that people are paying to come and see. This yeah. is it. I'm gonna need to prepare more to from where I am. And that was just that was just, and exactly, and that was just vocally um, how to prepare. And then there was the notes from the director about what this song actually means. And that was. I was getting beaten down by the director. She's like, nah, that's I don't think he'd do that. I go, no, she's like, no, that's what Rob Mills wouldn't do. Jesus would do that. Stop being stop being Rob Mills on the stage, be Jesus. Like beating me down. It was great. It was so good. I I I forever will uh, be appreciative of Gail's punishment in the uh, in the rehearsal room. It was great. I that's I I thrive off that kind of um feedback and criticism. Because well, it helps makes you a better actor. And the performance was I I think like I had people come up and say I cried like during that. I had standing ovations after the song, which is weird because that doesn't happen in mid-show. <laughs> so, um, but that's not where you do it. I just did it for the story and to tell that weird story. It's a weird story, but it is. You, you. It's wanna... a great story about celebrity. It's a really good story, which, which is the bit that I clung to the most. It's about the hype behind it and how it changes people and how it ruins relationships and how. There's a mob that 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 comes from behind that that mob um, theory of a vibe that that comes from celebrity when people follow follow everything for no reason like the sheep and they don't really realise what they're following anymore. No one really knows what it happens because it's different to what it was when it started. And then you kill yourself for what? Nothing. You're dead. <laughs> Everyone's sad. It's a great. It's there is no resurrection. You're just dead. <laughs> it's it's what it's. It's the it's, mob on Cavill Avenue yeah. deciding what your ideas are and then suddenly following this and you're like, whoa, no, 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 that's not what I, no, no that's not it. No. Too late now. Too late. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I just, no, I, I just but, find, yeah, oh, yeah. that's how, yeah. as an actor, you've got to find a way in. You gotta, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember, it, like, it's the, he's the most selfless human that ever walked the planet, which I, I think he existed. I'm not a um, religious person. I think he's definitely, there's a guy... Or a woman. I don't know. He, This person existed back in the day. I don't know what he did for 30 years. <laughs> I had this theory with a friend of mine the other day. What if he walked to India, right, and learnt yoga? Because yoga and religion have very similar things as well. And then on the way back, he was like, he's been teaching yoga. What if he's teaching yoga? You know what? There is a... Uh... A similar story in mm. oh, I can't remember the name. It's a long way to walk, but, but no. But there is a similar story you can about walk. a son of a deity who came. Uh, that it, it, it parallels. Maybe he wandered. I think he maybe wandered. he wandered. It was a Jewish thing to do. He was gone was for thirty years. Walk, yeah, yeah. You know, it would have been better if it was forty because there was the forty days, forty nights. Yeah. There was the forty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Get a good, nice round number there, JC. Kind of be be, be yeah. consistent, please. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we can go on about no, that. No, no, no. But speaking of, speaking of storytelling, you are there's storytelling in this show here in the Opera House, mm-hmm. uh, 6th of July. Oh, yes. Here in the Sydney Opera House. It's a Friday night. 8th. 8th of July? Sunday? Go. Whatever. I reckon I've got this right. You probably do. Yeah. A, hang on. I took a photo of the poster outside. Just 8th, of, Ju- 8th right. of July, Sunday, because I've got the Sunday off, off work <laughs> <laughs> to come up and do this. <laughs> when I say work, I'm doing a play called Puffs, and it's very funny. Uh, it's in Melbourne at the Alex Theatre at the moment. I'm just plugging myself. 8th of July, oh, George Michael, Listen to Your Heart, yep. Concert Hall. Yep. Tickets from $69. There you go. 
I uh, I love that you still love that. <laughs> I might be 44, but I'm still 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, there's a 12-year-old boy going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 69. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw Bill and Ted's excellent adventure once. Is that coming back? Is that coming back? No, God, no. Keanu would never come back. But I think I did see a photo of, of him and um, I can't remember the other actor's name. No one can. The guy that um, played um, Todd Theodore Logan. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Ted Theodore Logan, sorry. You, you're a part of this show, this George Michael show, mm. but mm-hmm. there's some storytelling involved. Sure. Let's go uh, with that. <laughs> your director was just in here telling me that one. Um, John Foreman is our musical director. Yeah. And he tries to get a little story out of us. Like, like what does George Michael mean to you? And after some of the songs, we did in Adelaide uh, with the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra this year, which was just, that's that's ridiculous. That's, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. I think we've got a 31 or 32-piece orchestra here at the Opera House. I was here early this year doing a, a gig with Swing on This with the with the Sydney Symphony. It's just, it's silly. Life, life is amazing at the moment. <laughs> Just, I just, yeah. just do gigs with 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 uh, with big bands now. Um, but no, we talk about George Michael's life and his music, and I think the thing that we talked about last time, I'm just still amazed anyone that can keep re- recreating themselves over time. I mean, there are a few artists that have gone the journey, Foo Fighters for one, uh, still still making awesome music, but to actually recreate themselves as a as a pop art icon. Like in Wham, great, just bangers, absolute bangers. And then uh, Faith was just like that whole that whole album was just ridiculous. And then he went into the fast love stage, and then he went into like a sort of swinging, sort of croony sort of stage. He's he was amazing, and someone who fought the record companies, like they're like, mate, we need your face on the album cover. No, it's not about me. It's about the music. And he's a massive equal rights advocate and um, huge gospel influences. Um, R&B, like, was merging gospel and R&B and pop all together. Like, he was quite a prolific songwriter. Uh, We're we're blessed to um, be joined with this orchestra, but also people like Andy De Silva, Casey Donovan, Hugh Sheridan, and hopefully Bobby Fox if his ankle is better because he broke it on the weekend doing Assassins. Wow. The musical. Yeah. Wow. Fractured, sorry, fractured. Fractured. But it's a good cast. It's a great lineup. Wow. What do you what what's your memory of, of George Michael? When did you first become Hot aware film of clips. him? Hot film clips. Probably my penis would be aware of the film clips with Too um, Funky? Yeah. That. Um he's uh, Linda Evangelista. That's the one. Oh. That was the, the time. The, the supermodel. Mm-hmm. There was that was the time when he was like, You can't put my face on the cover and he made him he was not in the video. Yeah. And like, well, you have to be Didn't in the video. Didn't even lip sync it. Yeah. You have to be in the video. He's like, no, nah, it's not about me. I've got an idea. This is what I want to go with. It's genius. So genius. Yeah. He's ahead of his time. Or just a true artist, I think. Um, but yeah, I, that's they're the clips I remember. And, you know, the denim jacket and just, just a bit of a... And you can't forget Wham. You can't forget the fluoro. Choose no. Life T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. You were a child. You wouldn't have remembered I was that bad. Yeah, I remember it, though. Yeah? I watched video hits. Yeah, yeah. Watch Rage. Yeah. yeah. He was a kid when he wrote Careless Whisper. A lot of people don't know that. He was still a teenager when he wrote Careless Whisper. Mm. And that was just the, the, the demo that he had in his pocket. And when he turned up with a dream, and like, here's this song. 
Here's a song. But you talk about celebrity and you talk about what it is to be someone that everyone says you are. Yeah. Going through his whole career, hiding his sexuality. Until years later. Years later. And then to get done flirting with a young man in a bathroom, uh, in a uh, public toilet, and then calling the press conference himself and then releasing a song about it. It's just so genius. I just think that's... If you can't beat him, join him kind of vibe. You just got to, I remember, if you take ownership of it, it diffuses its power. I remember a few years ago, I did my one-man cabaret show because every review that I've ever received uh, prior to that show was, oh, he's surprisingly good. Even like meeting people on the street. He's like, oh, you're actually not a bad bloke. Okay. (laughs) What about just... Just a good look. Just, yeah, just why does it always have to be a backhanded compliment? <laughs> but as soon as I put that as my show title, Rob Mills is surprisingly good. I haven't had one review that was, it's either he was dreadful <laughs> or, <laughs> or great work, great job. It's, uh, yeah, when you when you take ownership of it, it diffuses its power. And I think George Michael just nailed that with that, yeah. uh, with that press conference and that song. Fast Love is a great song. Mm. Oh, let's go outside. Sorry, let's go outside. Oh, that's right. Let's, let's go, go outside. outside. Yeah. It was a great video too. Mm. It was a really good video. Hugh Sheridan, uh, if he does anything like he did in Adelaide, well. Just, and he's, he, he actually spent a, he spent a long time here in Sydney. Mm. He had a he had a partner. A, yeah, a lover, boyfriend, yeah. partner here in Sydney. And he was just like, no, nah, screw you guys. I'm going to hang out in Sydney. Why would you not? And he was here for ages. It's a great place to live. He, got, he was here so long, the paparazzi got bored. Yeah. They stopped taking photos of him because they're like, oh, George, George yes. is out of breakfast again. He's having a great time. He's having a great time. Absolutely. He's like, I'm George life. Michael. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want when you write those bangers. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the other thing. Like, he wrote that stuff. He didn't have other people write it for him. The guy could, knew how to write a song. I think he had collaborators but and producers that he worked with. But I think, yeah, they're all his stories. Yeah, but he's the he was the one that was the, you know the 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 executive producer, the architect. The now this is the direction. This is where we're going. This is mm. what it's going to feel like, sound like, look like, smell like, and he he made it happen. The Brian Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Brian's a bit. He's a bit off the wall. He's, he's a bit. He's a bit far gone by now. Uh, Bloody good movie though. Love and Mercy. Love and mercy. <laughs> I had no idea. Did you watch that movie? Not yet. Oh, it's good. Well, it's, it's about. Uh, Beach Boys, yeah. Beach Boys stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was... Mm, John Cusack. He's odd. you got to watch that. There was some odd stuff going on with Brian. Yes, and yeah. probably the dad. In later, oh, yeah. In later years, the um, I don't know if you've ever seen Metallica, some kind of monster, but it has... Everyone tells me I need to watch this. Oh, man. When the therapist... And this is a similar Brian <laughs> The band stuff. therapist or... The band therapist. Okay, I love this band therapist. The band has a therapist yeah. who's the guy that, I believe, the Simpsons of the Giants. yes. He's the he's like the psychologist that helps these squillion dollar players who would otherwise hate each other get along so they can play and win a World Series title. So that's the psychologist. He's, he does you oh, know, right, right. men the who C- have the Caesar. Men who have so much money they don't know what to do with it. Why should I trust that guy? Mm-hmm. I took a Learjet to work today. Oh, and his fucking Learjet was in the way when I got there. Motherfucker. I'm not gonna pass in the ball. Yeah. So that the worst of the worst. There's of, a point in yeah. that movie where the psychiatrist or the psychologist, the therapist, starts going, "Yeah, so I was, you know, what I was doing a lot of analysis on you guys, and uh, 
lyrically, I can I can see that. Look, here's some lyrics that I think might work really well with the track that you were playing yesterday. No. That's asking lyrics. Like, fucking boundaries, forget about it. It's so, it's, it's like. Did they just look at him and go, get the fuck out? Well, I think there's also this moment where Lars Ulrich is in a private viewing room, not unlike this. We're in a studio right now, so there's um, mm. double-walled yeah. glass all around yeah, us, yeah, and yeah. There, there's a moment where Lars Ulrich is alone with his wife in a private viewing room at Sotheby's drinking Moet, watching one of his Jean-Michel Buscat paintings getting auctioned and celebrating when it goes for, like, $15 million. What? what? That's not a rock star. Uh, that's pretty fucking rock star, but it's like, this is the drummer from Metallica. And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I have to watch this. You've got to watch this movie. Um, we were just talking about George Michael and you'll be essentially back in the room that we first talked about when we started this conversation. You'll be at the concert hall, the big room. Yeah. Be at the concert hall back where it all started um, with Idol on that grand final. It's pretty pretty amazing. 15 years on. Yeah. 15 minutes has turned into 15 years. There you go. You can have that. There's your T-shirt, <laughs> Rob. There's your T-shirt. Choose life, choose meals. <laughs> I'm wearing a Choose Mills t-shirt. Imagine that. That'd be hilarious. Uh, I would think it's funny. I don't think anyone would buy one. <laughs> but when, if you could, if you could, uh, if you could tell Rob 15 years ago anything, what would you tell him? I uh, just, it's going to be all right, mate. Just keep, keep learning. Keep learning. You're a sponge. Just keep soaking it all up. And, uh, um, yeah. I, I'm so happy with the way life's worked out. Like, I couldn't be happier. I love – I remember back in the day, straight after Idol, I got intervie- interviewed and they said, what do you want to do after this? And I said, everything. Like, I, I, I want to be in front of the camera, behind the camera. I want um, to write. I want to um, present. I want to MC. I want to sing. I want to act. And they're like, well, okay. Don't put all your eggs like, – don't you want to just put your eggs in one basket? No, no. Like, everyone says that you should just focus on the one thing, and I, maybe because my ADD, I can't really focus on one thing. So I'm I'm just wrapped the way it's sort of worked out. So I would say to him, get into acting and learn more about yourself. The earlier, the better. That's the only sort of advice I would give him. And what about if someone is having that moment, if they'd listened to earlier on you talking about your moment on the building site, mm. let's say someone's having that, having that moment today or they're very close, they feel that moment coming, what would you say to them? Just do the thing that makes you happy. I, I think if you could be on a job site and putting down bricks and feeling like, yeah, this makes me happy. If it's, that's what makes you happy, do that. I would not stay in something that doesn't make you happy. There is... We are we are so blessed in the world that we live in. Like, there are no wars in Australia. We are so blessed. Like, it's ridiculous how privileged we are. Um, you can do anything you want. You can learn. You can go on the any website and learn. You can get a university degree online. Like, uh, the information is so readily available. You can do anything you want if you just put your mind to it and put put the time into it. Just do it. That's all I can say. I, I think I stole it from Nike, but uh, uh, yeah, just do the thing that do the thing that makes you happy. Because you don't want to get to eighty and go. Oh, I wish I had done that. Because you, you you can, you really can, and put down. And also, if you want smashed avocado, it's just an avocado with a fork at home and on some toast. You can do that yourself. It's really cheap. <laughs> Save your money, guys. 
lemon juice, feta, toast, avocado. It's not hard. It's not $20. Do things that make you happy. <laughs> and make your own smashed avocado and save your money. Choose meals. <laughs> Choose meals. <laughs> Mate, I'm so grateful that we had a chance to do this. Mate, it's been I'm so really, long. I'm really happy that we were able to do this. Are you still playing Scrabble? And can we be words with friends, friends? I have an issue with words with friends because it fucks up my Scrabble game. Because what do you mean? The board's different, and brain wise, I think differently. Oh, it's you're because you strategically play. Very strategically play. <laughs> Fuck my Scrabble game. For all those yes, I play he, he, a, was, he went dark. Like, I play a lot of Scrabble. I know. And ferociously, I've fucking ended ended people. Yeah. Like people who think they, I don't know, I can play Scrabble, and I'm like, no, I'll fuck you up. So you can you only play online, not on the app. You play Scrabble online. No, I, I, I sit down at a table. Yeah, yeah, but I want to watch the blood drain from someone's face. <laughs> When you've chucked out a 70-point banger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to get to the final. I want that triple word score I want to get to the triple letter score. I want to get to the final, to the final rack yeah. and let them know, you'll notice there's nowhere to put that J. And they go, how did you know I had a J? How did I say, I have designed it so. <laughs> yes, we can be words with friends, friends. I would love to do that with you. Right, that would good. be lovely. But yes. It's funny that you remember that. Yeah. I don't, it's a weird... It's, I was mad. Why I do I remember, remember that? I am mad at Scrabble. Yeah. It's, it, for me, what I loved about Scrabble, mm. I never, but a lot of people liked Monopoly. I never liked Monopoly because Monopoly... Chance. ...never seemed to have an end yeah. and was always about capitalism. Which is the bane of modern society. Yeah. Grief. Scrabble yeah. is about preparation mm-hmm. because if you don't prepare and you don't know the words, you can't use them. So that's why I like Scrabble. He's a reader. He's a reader, guys. It pays off. On the, the night I met my wife now. Mm. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you, mate. It's great. Well, that's the other thing, mm. you know. If you're going through a divorce, it sucks. It's good to have And some. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. But I'm here to tell you, you will meet another person. Mm. And that in between now and when you meet that other person, hopefully you'll go, why did that last one? Why did that break up? Ah, that's right. That's what you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Bit of self awareness goes a long way. Oh, what was my part in that? I oh, fuck yeah. Okay, I get it. That's yeah. That makes sense now. All right, won't do that again. You should have taken a drama class earlier. And then you have a moment where you meet someone mm-hmm. and you go, "This time, I'm not going to do the thing I did last time." And you try really hard not to do it. Correct, seen every now and again, but you yeah. try really hard not to do it. But then you know what? You meet her. You try to start some conversation. Ah. Huh. Did you watch Game of Thrones last night? And then she offhandedly says, look, it's no surprise to me. I've read all the books. And I go, <gasps> the reader, the one, a reader. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones books are like 800 pages long and you have to remember yeah, 147 like in, people. They're like Encyclopedia Britannica, everyone. Yeah, yeah. And she, she, I watched her read, the, like the most, while we've been together, George R. R. Martin put out another book. I watched her read one yeah. in on holiday while we're doing holiday things in two and a half days. Did you quiz her? Or was it skimmed? There is no need, Rob Mills. Was it there skimmed? Is, was it skimmed? No, it was not skimmed. She, it would take me a year. She is an extraordinary digester of, of word. Literature. Literature. Oh, that's great. Yeah, which means I can't get away with anything because she remembers everything. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's real interesting. Um, have a fucking cracker show. Thanks, mate. 
It's gonna uh, be let me know booty. if you want to come. It's gonna be good. Look, I do actually. I'd love to bring uh, bring the ladies. That'd be mm. that'd be good. Gigi, well, love it. You've got uh, Mills and Donovan. Mills and Donovan. Yeah. Mills and Donovan. That'd be great. And Five Fingers Foreman. I haven't seen him for ages. It'd be great to see Foreman. He's very. Got to get Foreman on the show. He's so funny. The funniest. You want to talk mm. about? You want to talk about seventeen-year-old Wendy? I think it was like nineteen when he started with Bert. Yeah. And yeah. like and witty, quick, truly gifted. Had a Tonight Show. Had a Tonight Show. Can we before we go? Um, where is the? Where is? Why is it? Why? What's your take on it? Why is it not a show? Why do we not have a show? Who's going to host it? A Tonight Show. Why can't we just have a rotating host of a Tonight Show? Yeah. Um, it's funny you ask. I'm actually. Uh, it's not that for want of trying. Mm. Um, my vibe is that when we did have tonight shows in this country, it was because access to access to celebrity was very very limited. And so, if if you go back in the day, there was the Don Lane show and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like they were the only game in town, and so it was worth it to fly someone over to get the interview or fly that guest down to Australia to do the interview and then the interview would air. Um, when Visard had the show, they were only on, I think, three nights a week. Uh, direct rip-off of Letterman. Mm-hmm. Uh, struggled to get guests. We in Australia, I don't feel give out. Like, if you go to – I spent a lot of time in the Netherlands. I worked there for a little while as mm-hmm. well. I, was, I went to school there and I worked at the school. You go to a country that's not English-speaking, there's a tonight show on every channel. Every channel, yeah, all right, because the people who speak Dutch, yeah, they're really interested in that soccer player and and that girl from that radio station and and this singer from that band or whatever, and they are stars. The people from their own country, they are stars, all right. But because we speak English, all right, and because we are Australians, like hey mate, hey hey hey, big few words, mate. Oh, fucking calm down. We don't value our celebrity in the same way. All right. So the challenge is whoever gets this night show up, and I, mm-hmm. I keep my I sniff around. It's like someone's going to get it. Someone's mm-hmm. going to get it up, and it's going to be great. The, the challenge is to convince Australians that no, it's worth to lionise this. Like Josh Gibson, absolutely, we should have him on as our lead guest, and he's going to tell us fucking amazing stories, yeah. Yeah. and it's going to be great. Rather than and the lad, cause like if you've got Miley Cyrus's selfie camera in your pocket, why the shit do you need to see an interview from her? You don't care. Yeah. You've, you've got celebrity access up the wazoo 24 hours a day in your pocket. You don't need a Tonight Show to give you that as the gateway. Yeah, but we need it as performers as uh, somewhere to sing a performance from a show. Yeah. To... Uh, showcase a new album or a new yeah. single, or I couldn't agree more. It's not so much the guests, like the celebrity guests. It's the it's the artists that need. The I space. couldn't agree. I it's couldn't agree more. It's the it's it's the yeah the the plays that need promoting. It's the the movies that we've made need promoting. The writers that I couldn't agree more. That need but work. It's, it's got to be this idea within our culture that our art is good, is worth, is equally worthy. I mean, it's hard to go up against a two hundred million dollar Marvel film. Let's be honest. All right, which is now the name of the new <laughs> the Eddie Head Stadium, yeah, Marvel Stadium. Marvel Stadium, probably, probably. It is. It's hard. It's hard to put out a, 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 a guy was saying on the show the other day. We haven't had an Australian number one since two thousand fifteen, and that was the Veronicas. Two thousand fifteen is the last time we had an Australian number one. Because where do they where do they promote? What they go on the morning show to promote it. But just why, why, we, why, who's watching? As a culture, it's just me. Value, going on tomorrow. No, no, no. We're valuing our our artists, our playwrights, our songwriters, our actors 
less because we don't see our content, our cultural output as of equal value as uh, now an American mm. output. You worked at B105? Yes. And I listened to the radio sporadically, but I know when I listen to it on the way home from work, I'm like, oh, there's some Aussie music on the radio at midnight. Yeah, that's when we would play it, when I worked there. I used to host it. Oh, yeah, 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 I did Australian made. This was like in like 1995. It was yeah. like between 10. Ella Hooper's done it. I think Byron Cook's hosted a version midnight. of it. It was 10 and midnight on it. That's where they shovel the Australian content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put it on during the day so we can at least hear it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like we as a culture don't value mm. the artistic cultural output that is a reflection of ourselves. We don't value our own stories equally to an American story. Well, we do, and they just keep making Ned Kelly things and picnic and hang rock and the same stories we've already told. It makes me so it's tough. There's exciting <laughs> things happening, Rob. There's exciting things happening in, I believe, in the video on demand space. There's exciting things happening with Stan around Australian telling storytelling. Yeah. There's exciting things happening with. Uh, we'll find a way. Netflix. We will find yeah, a the, way. The artists will always find but a way. I absolutely agree with you mm. that there has to. I really think, like culturally, it's important that we value who we are and our cultural identity as of value enough to be celebrated and yeah. to be lionised and to be. That is a great story. Bloody good. Australian, right. Australian story is great. I love Australian story. But there just needs to be, I think it'd just be fun just to have a late night show. Wouldn't just, it? Wouldn't it be great? I just, I, and I still can't work out why it doesn't, it doesn't exist. I don't think I'm the guy to host it. I just think there needs to be, I don't know, is it a rotating host? Is that, I don't know. Like, can it be that? I'd give my left nut to do one, yeah. but I don't think I've got the skill set. Like, I would fucking love to. Everyone would. Yeah, but, I'd, I'd love to, but I don't know. There's a lot to it. There's mm. a lot to it. But, uh, I, I, yeah, whoever does get it up, I will absolutely, I will send them a box of donuts. Oh, mate, they get like, more than a box of donuts for me. Fucking good for you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the, um, well, I feel very privileged to be on the. I'm grateful you could be here. The Yosha po- right. the podcast. Thanks, mate. I'm going to go and pee now. Yeah. Because I'm are. dying. And then we'll take your photo, okay? All right, mate. All right, cool. That was Rob Mills. What a chat, yeah? You can go find him on Instagram. Let him know you heard him. It's uh, His Instagram is at Rob Millsy Mills, R-O-B-M-I-S-S-Y-M-I-S-S, Rob Millsy Mills. You can find him there. And you get tickets uh, to go see his show at the Sydney Opera House, the George Michael Show. It's going to be a killer. Sydneyoperahouse.com slash George hyphen Michael. It's on the 8th of July, a couple of weeks away. Uh, a massive thank you to the people that made this show with me today. Rachel Barrett, my show producer, for making sure that me and Millsy could get in the same place at the same time. Andy Ma, my audio producer, who did all the editing and soundscaping and incredible creation of the sounds that you're hearing right now. Anamitra Roy, who did my videos this week. And, of course, Toe Hider for the music. I love you, Mike Mills. You're the best. And thank you. Thank you for bloody listening. You're awesome. Don't forget your why this week. If you haven't forgotten, if you don't know what it is, just ask yourself. Figure out your why. When you figure out your why, things get pretty easy. Figure out your why, do the next right thing. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy. Gets you out of the freeze response pretty quick. Uh, if you want to talk about this kind of stuff more, you can find us on the Facebook group. Uh, just look in groups in Facebook and just go to the Osher Ginsburg podcast and find it there or the links in my Instagram bio. You are awesome for listening. Thank you so much. I'm off uh, to... One of my whys is, you know, to 
be the very best husband and stepfather I can be. So I'm going to stop recording this and get about that why and do the next right thing to be the best husband and stepfather I can be. So have a fantastic day, whatever you're doing. I'll talk to you next week. Sleep well and dream of beautiful things. 